Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and affect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host, E.W. Jackson. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest host tonight, Bishop E.W. Jackson. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you tonight. Uh, first of all, it's just great to be able to do anything I can to support Andrew Womack Ministries and to support truth and liberty, which is a very, very important aspect of what God has called Andrew to do. And I'll tell you, thank you for watching, for supporting, for praying, for doing everything you can to advance this mission. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about why it is so very, very important. And my guest tonight, I think, is going to amplify that. So let me begin by, for those of you who don't know me, that uh, I am a, a friend and colleague of Andrew Womack. Uh, I am the pastor of the Call Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm the president of Stand, Staying True to America's National Destiny. Uh, you can check out those websites at thecalled.org for our church, or you can go to standamerica.us for Stand, for the organization that so that it tries to advance the Judeo-Christian principles and values of our country and bring Americans together across racial and cultural lines. Uh, some of you who are aware of me have heard my testimony, but, but I'll just share it with you just by way of introduction for those who don't. Uh, I was born into a broken home, raised in foster care for the first 10 years of my life and was dramatically removed from foster care by my dad. By the time I was 10 years old, I was a gang member, I was a petty criminal, I was a, a school truant, uh, and I was in trouble a lot. And I was on my way probably to prison or an early death. And my father rescued me dramatically at the age of 10 years old and, and took custody of me and laid down the law, uh, folks, in a way that was both loving and strong. And my life changed overnight. Uh, I wasn't saved at the time, and I didn't get saved until I was 24 years old, almost turned 25. And the way I got saved was the same man who rescued me off the streets, rescued me out of sin by pointing me toward Jesus Christ. And that was my dad, again, who got saved late in life. He wasn't saved while he was raising me. But after I became a grown man, uh, my father got saved. I'm mightily saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the witness of speaking in other tongues. <laughs> I mean, he just... <laughs> He, he was a member of the Baptist church, and I had been um, dedicated to the Baptist church, and he just kind of wrecked all of his Baptist credentials by, you know, by, by believing in the fullness of the Spirit. Uh, ultimately ministered with me, by the way, but he told me when I was still unsaved, I was a student at Harvard Law School, that he was reading the Bible from cover to cover. And I just thought, you know, as a Harvard intellectual, I'd forgotten about the Bible. I was interested in reading War and Peace, reading... Um, uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky's work, um, um, Crime and Punishment, and, and the Brothers Karamazov, and, 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 and Julius Caesar, and, and all of Shakespeare's work. Well, I had all of those things. I, I got to read these books. These are great books. But I hadn't thought about the Bible. And when my father said that, I thought, you know, the Bible's one of the great books. I should read the Bible, too, because it might come up at cocktail parties. 
And if it does, between sips of white wine, uh, I want to be able to comment on it intelligently. And so in September of 1976, I started reading the Word of God from cover to cover. And I'll tell you, I got in the middle of the Psalms, and I met a man named David. I wasn't saved yet, but I was starting to, 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 to come under conviction. But this is what kind of took me over the line. I was a typical guy. I thought that Sundays were for football and beer, uh, and the church was for women and children. We guys had more important things to do. And then I meet this heroic man, this man who wasn't big of stature, but was big in spirit. And I hear him running toward Goliath, see him running toward Goliath, and everybody else is running away. I see him saying, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. And I hear him that speaking so tenderly about God. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And folks, the Spirit of God began to get a hold of me and, and really instructed me. I didn't understand it then to go to the New Testament because I'd begun at Genesis and I'd gotten to Psalms. And when I turned to the New Testament and I met this man named Jesus, it was all over, folks. Because he was everything and is everything I'd been looking for. All of my intellectual pursuits and all of my pseudo-spiritual searching all got resolved in him. And I got mightily saved. Uh, folks, for those of you who may have heard the story, I woke up on December 22nd of 1976 after this, this long period of kind of just God challenging God, literally challenging God. God, if you're real. Show me what you showed David. Show me what you showed Moses. Show me what you showed Elijah to make them have such passion and such desire to do whatever you wanted them to do. If you're real, show me. And on December 22nd of 1976, there's an old song that says, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Well, it wasn't only my mind stayed on Jesus. God had permeated that room. He had permeated my life. I woke up to the presence of God. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I mean, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, and I've never had a question since that God is real, that he is the creator, that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that he is the wonderful counselor, that he is the mighty God. He is, he is the one to whom we all are accountable ultimately. I, I, I do. I knew that salvation through Jesus Christ wasn't just some kind of religious idea, that it was reality. I went and approached my wife and said to my wife, who was a lovely little church-going woman, she wasn't on fire for God, but she was doing her duty. And I said to her, where do you go to church? Because I wouldn't go to church with my wife. I said, where do you go to church? I said, because I want to go to church with you on Sunday. <laughs> my wife looked at me. She looked at this man. <laughs> Who, who just the week before 
or two weeks before or whatever it was. She would come in from church and I would sit there on the couch of our little two-bedroom apartment, Harvard Law School student, finally getting a break from my studies on a Sunday morning, and I would, taking a break, really, really didn't have one, just took it, and she would walk in the door from church, and I would sneer at her and say, how much of my money did you give that preacher today? And my wife would look at me and just shake her head, <laughs> say, poor thing, demon possessed right up to the eyeballs. <laughs> and I was, folks, I really was. But now, things had taken such a dramatic turn that my wife had literally, she literally thought I'd had a nervous breakdown. It was so, because I hadn't been talking to her or anybody else about it. I'd been talking to God. And in a sense, challenging God to reveal himself to me, make yourself known to me. And I tell you, he did. And the rest is history. I went to church by myself that Sunday morning because my wife said, I'm not going to church with you because she thought, I don't know what you're liable to do. I went to church by myself that Sunday morning, went to the church that she'd been attending, happened to be a Methodist church. I didn't care. I didn't know. Didn't know. But I know the preacher gave an invitation at the end that said, anybody who wants to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, come on down. Well, I didn't. He, I don't even remember the sermon because I already made my commitment to him. But I then understood, by that time, I understood that you had to confess him before men. And folks, I ran to the altar at that invitation. And I don't know how long I was there at the altar, but I just laid at the altar, just wept. And when I say wept, I mean I wailed because the, the load of sin was just lifted off of me. And, you know, I look great on the outside, Harvard Law School student, on your way to success in life, you know, wearing nice suits, working in law offices during the summer and, and, uh, and, and interacting with some of the biggest and most powerful people in the nation. It all looked good on the inside, on the outside, but on the inside, I was full of dead men's bones and all corruption. I might have been on my way to wealth as an attorney, but I was on my way to hell as a man. And I tell you, everything changed. Everything changed. Now, it's a long way from 1976 to now. In fact, uh, in now just two years, two years, I will celebrate 50 years of walking with God. 50 years of walking with God. But you know, God gave me two revelations, and I'm here today on Truth and Liberty. I really believe in part because of those two revelations God gave me. Early on in my walk with him, the first thing I remember God teaching me was, son, people, human beings, had made race an idol, but I don't see race. I don't look at race. I made you all. And, and my people shouldn't be making it the issue that even Christians are making it. And I mean, it, it hit me because remember, I'm a child of the 60s. I was alive and grew up while they were having the protests and the riots and Martin Luther King was preaching. I mean, my goodness, I was, when Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech, I was 17 years old, uh, 19 years old. As he gave it in, oh, no, I take that back. I, let me get my mask right here. Uh, I was actually 16 years old. I was 16 years old when Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech. And that was the background I came from. And God shook me to my core and said, but all of it misses the point. And I, 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 wow, 
Lord, what do I do with that? And I've, I've been, look, the organization I founded, the, the mission is to bring Christians, particularly Americans generally, but Christians particularly together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values and principles. Uh, I, 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 have, I have learned, in fact, the, the book I've written, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves, one of the, 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 the major statements, it's short, it's brief, but I believe it's profound because it's, it's just jammed with truth that it's not the skin, it's the sin. That the problem with humanity is not racial, it's sinful. It's not about race, it's about righteousness. And when we get the spiritual principle right, the rest takes care of itself. It really does. So God started me on a journey. Now, the second revelation that God gave me, and I said both, both these revelations are in part why I am with you today, why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, working closely with Andrew and here on Truth and Liberty. Uh, and, and I've got a podcast, which I'll talk to you about uh, a little bit later. Second revelation God gave me is, son, the United States of America is a gift to my people and I expect you to be a steward of it. Wow. Wow. I mean, coming up in an era when all I heard pretty much was denunciation of America as racist, and of course we're still hearing, hearing a lot of that garbage. And God says to me, you are to honor this country and serve this country because it is my gift to you. Woo, what a revelation. And then I began to study the scripture and saw Acts 17, 26, he is made from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and determine their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Blessed is the nation, Psalm 33, 12, is whose God is the Lord. The, 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 the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God, Psalm 9, 17. I began to see that and I go, oh my goodness gracious. All this, this hostility and I began to study our history and realize, wait a minute, America is a nation that has succeeded, not because we've been perfect, but because we are a providential nation, a covenantal nation, a nation that is steeped and rooted and grounded in biblical principle, or what I refer to as Judeo-Christian principle. I mean, a nation who had the first president of the United States in his first proclamation say these words, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his favor and protection. And he goes on from there to thank God for the blessings on America. Abraham Lincoln, same thing, his second inaugural address. He said, we have been blessed as no other nation has, has been blessed, and yet we have forgotten God. And I began to see America in a whole new light. Uh, we're going to have Jason Rapert as, our, our, Rapert as our guest shortly, the president and founder of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. One of the accusations often made against people like him and me and probably you is that we're Christian nationalists, meaning that we're like Nazis, so you've got to watch us. We're, we're dangerous people. No, no. 
we're Christian realists. And we understand that a nation does not succeed as our country has succeeded on its own. We're not genetically superior people. We're not people who are somehow inherently more intelligent than other people. But we are a nation founded on better principles. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, folks. That was not only a legal statement to justify the American Revolution, that was a spiritual and cultural statement to set the tone for the existence of this nation, to set the tone for the culture of this nation. It said two things, number one, we would be a nation that would acknowledge Almighty God. And number two, we would be a nation that would acknowledge Him as the author of our liberties and our rights. And therefore, it would be God first, not government. And that government's role would be to secure the liberty and the rights that God gave us, not to become God to us or for us. Wow. There's never been a nation like it, folks. We are all blessed to be here. And those two revelations really marked my ministry. And I've been characterized by the left and by enemies in many different other, and, 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 and less uh, truthful uh, or, or honorable ways. But those are two, the really two characteristics that mark my ministry. That race is really irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Remember what God told Samuel when he was looking at um, uh, uh, Eliub, I think, and, and, and Jesse's other sons, and, wow, oh, big, strapping, handsome guys. And God said, nope. Mm -mm. What, what, Lord, these, these guys look like kings. Nope. Not. Mm -mm. For God sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward physical appearance. Man looks at skin color and eye color and hair texture and height and weight and God said, but, but I don't look at the outward physical appearance. I look at the heart. And that's what's really relevant. Dr. King captured it when he said, he dreamed of the day when his four little children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's the Judeo-Christian principle, a principle that has been breached in our country. There's no question. It's been violated. It's being violated right now with a whole bunch of things that, that the left is pushing on our country. But folks, I am convinced of this. Truth and liberty exists ordained by God through the vision of Andrew Womack to help set the record straight and to, as George Washington put it, to lift up a standard to which good and honest people can repair. Because if we don't, who will? Our country is divided because half the country is confused. And half the country is confused because they have, as Abraham Lincoln put it, forgotten God. But I'm convinced of this, folks. The existence of truth and liberty, the fact that you are watching 
the fact that I exist, poor kid from a broken home in foster care, proclaiming love for God, love for Jesus Christ, the truth and the good news of the gospel, and proclaiming love for our country as a great gift from God, which, by the way, has been one of the most prolific promoters of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, not one of, the most prolific promoter of the gospel of Jesus Christ of any nation that has ever existed since Jesus walked the earth. Now, to reduce all of that, as some people are trying to do, to, well, you know, we're, 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 we're a racist country, we're a white supremacist country, and we're a wicked country, and just completely misses the point. Now, let me say, I know, okay, I know. I, my book, Sweet Land of Liberty, the subtitle is Reflection, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. My ancestors, my great-grandfather and great-grandmother were slaves. Slavery has existed all over the world, on every continent, and in every country that's ever existed. People have been enslaved, and they're being enslaved as we speak right now. So I, I'm not suggesting that somehow America's perfect. We've never made any mistakes. But because of the covenantal and providential roots of this nation, which a remnant still holds fast to, and which has predominated our culture for most of our history, God's grace has been shed abroad on us, and we have been blessed beyond measure. I mean, we are 4.25% of the world's population, but we're responsible for more than half of the world's inventions. You think of an invention, and pretty much at about 90% of the time, you're going to come up with an invention that got started in America. Airplanes, America. Cars, America. Computers, America. GPS, America. I mean, you, we, could, we could just go down the list. And again, it's not because we're inherently better people, but because the principles of liberty as ordained by Almighty God have allowed us to reach heights of creativity and invention that no other nation really has ever even competed with. So you can't have liberty without truth. It won't work. And there are forces at work to try to suppress the truth. And I want to share the scripture with you because you've all read it, I'm sure. Most of you have, uh, unless we've got new people, maybe a new Christian watching right now who hasn't. Romans 1.18 it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, that last clause is almost always forgotten. Because what this is really giving emphasis to is that God's wrath is revealed from heaven, not only because people hate the truth, not only because they won't live righteously, not only because they rebel against God, but because they suppress the truth from those who want to or would or are interested or open. I've been kicked off YouTube three times. Uh, we were about to monetize our account. They told me that we would not monetize our account. And, and their words, quote, because our content is harmful. 
You know what that means? The things I'm saying to you right now, the things I've shared with you in this time, which is what the, the kind of things I'm always talking about, it's harmful. The only one it's harmful to is the devil and the people who would follow him. What are they really doing? They're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Well, folks, if we don't speak the truth, if we don't, as Isaiah said, cry aloud and spare not, and show people their iniquity in the house of Jacob, their sin. If we don't, as, as Paul said in the book of Timothy, if we don't preach the word in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, who's going to do it? It's up to you and me. I was having a private conversation with Andrew one time, and this was, I don't know, a couple years ago at least. And we were talking about awakening, because I believe, as he does, that there is an awakening happening already, that we're seeing the signs of it. We're seeing the seedlings of it. It's not in its full bloom yet, but it's coming. I feel it. And I said, what do you think it's going to take? This is a couple of years ago. I said, what do you think it's going to take, Andrew, to, 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 to get this going? Because, I mean, I've been part of, of prayer meetings and fasts and, and all kinds of things. And Andrew gave me the answer that I guess I knew in my heart, but it had never been stated to me succinctly. He said, preaching the word, proclaiming the word. And I thought, of course, of course. Because right now, that's the thing that's most under attack, the truth of God's word. And Jesus said what? In uh, John chapter 8, Around verses 30 and 31, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we want to preserve freedom in America, if we want America to be a land of liberty, if we want America to be true, as the name of my organization suggests, true to her national destiny, a destiny which I believe God ordained, we've got to speak the truth. People have got to know the truth. Because lies are running rampant in the, in the land, and the truth is being suppressed. That's why I, I want to commend you for supporting Andrew Womack Ministries, supporting this program, praying for him, praying for this ministry, because it is absolutely vital in a way perhaps it might not have been so vital 50 years ago or even 25 years ago, but it is absolutely vital today. And I really believe that that's why God raised Andrew up and why God has brought forth programs like this to give me and others an opportunity to speak truth into our hearts and, and into the hearts of, of God's people that they might take that truth out and share it with others. Look, I am not with the naysayers who believe that, well, God's judgment is coming on America, and this is why. I say, if under the, if before the old covenant, if God was willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, if, he, if Abraham found just 10 righteous in those cities, there are millions of Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians all across this nation crying out to God in behalf of our beloved country. 
And I really believe that if God was willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah with just 10, I know he's willing to withhold judgment on America because there are millions of his people here, his people, his children, who are saying, oh God, give us an opportunity to set our nation straight. Give us an opportunity to call our people to righteousness. And that is exactly what we are going to do with your prayers, your help, your support. Stand by for my guests coming up right after this break. God bless each and every one of you. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host, your guest host today, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I just want to remind you that we are taking calls. This is a call-in program. Should have given you the number at the top of the program. Uh, but before I introduce my guest, let me remind you the number is 719-619-2341. Please write that down and give us a call. We want to hear your comments. We want to get your questions. We want to be able to respond to them. 719 619-2341. Well, my guest is a dear friend and a leader that I really admire because he has done something that we desperately needed. Uh, but you know, God raises up leaders who do things. You don't know you need them until a leader starts saying, hey, we need to do this. And you go, well, yeah, <laughs> why hasn't anybody already done it? Because either people heard God and didn't obey him or God just hadn't called anybody yet to do it. He hadn't found the right person, but he has in Jason Rapert. Jason Rapert is a former state senator from Arkansas, candidate for lieutenant governor. Uh, he is the founder of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. I could tell you a whole lot more about him, but we'll give you information where you can learn more about him. But first, let me bring him on so that you can begin to hear him and talk to him. Jason, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thanks for taking time out of what I know is a very busy schedule to be with us. Well, it's so good to be with you, Bishop, and you know that we love you. Uh, we love you for who you are. We love you for your ministry. We love you for your character, your witness, 
And we really appreciate Brother Andrew Womack for truth and liberty and all that he is doing. And uh, I see God weaving us together in so many different ways. We just appreciate you and so happy to be with you. I started this morning speaking at a prayer breakfast in Conway, Arkansas, got up at 5 a.m. to get there. And so I've been <laughs> speaking about the word of God and talking about saving the nation all day and uh, happy to be ending it with you and everyone that watches Truth and Liberty. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had you on my conference call. Of course, I do a weekly conference call on Tuesdays at 12 noon Eastern time. You were my guest this past Tuesday. And as I listened to you, I was reminded, I shouldn't have forgotten, but you are a preacher. <laughs> and, and brother, you were, you were laying the word down. Uh, and I just really appreciated it, man. I, I felt like shouting as you were talking because you were just putting it out there. Uh, as I've heard it said, you were like, like throwing meat to a bear, man. <laughs> and I Uh-oh. think people were, were eating it up. So, so praise God for that anointing that is on you to bring truth. So, Jason, let's, let's get into a discussion about this. You've got the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. So tell people about that, why you started it uh, and, and, and what it does. Well, thank you, Bishop. Yes. And the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, which people can go find out more and be able to, to, to launch off to other, other opportunities to learn more about us at christianlawmakers.com. Bishop, that's very easy for people to do. Mm-hmm. But here's the bottom line. I, I was the first Republican elected to my district since the end of the Civil War in 2010. There had been 138 years of Democrat control in the state of Arkansas, and I felt God calling me to run for office. And so I actually pivoted. I was very involved in mission work and evangelism, and I still do that. But God very clearly said, you need to run. And so his, and I will tell you for the, for our spiritual friends, I was praying through and literally this is what the answer was. And the question to me from God was, why are you not sacrificing to serve at home at the same level that you've been sacrificing to serve overseas now that your country is in trouble? Hmm. That was 2010. And I resigned from the, the firm that I worked for, walked away from all of that, started a new business and ran the first time ever. And this is what a lot of you need to do too. You need to listen to God. And run for the school board, run for the state legislature, run for Congress. And so I ran, we won. I'm not going to tell all the things that we've been involved in so I can get to the answer to that question. So in the process, I began asking, we've got radio associations, we've got catfish associations, we've got (laughs) oil associations, you name it, there's an association. I said, where is the National Association of Christian Lawmakers? And I kept mm-hmm. asking, and they, people were like, "Wow, that's funny. Uh, we don't have one." <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I, I figured we did, you know. So it was that sort of thing. So I, I reached out to to people like yourself, and I reached out to Governor Mike Huckabee, of course, as a dear friend. Mm-hmm. He's a charter member of our advisory board, and Governor Huckabee said, "You know, you need to do this." Uh, Congressman Bob McEwen. Uh, of Ohio that runs CNP. He said, you need to do this. And you know, Tony Perkins, it dawned on me the other day that Tony Perkins was the first person that had me on his show at the end of 18, when I was beginning to, to press forward on it. And he made a statement. He said, 
this is an organization or association whose time has come. Amen. And so the idea was to network. And again, the, you know, what's awesome is that it's not replacing any other entity. It was simply to be an ongoing everyday network of Christians that are serving in office all over the country. So we have local officials, state officials, and even federal officials now mm -hmm. that are getting involved. And then what happened, Bishop, is I had pastors and people said, look, Jason, I'm not running for office, but I want to make sure that we have people running because as you said earlier in the program, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. How are you going to have God, a godly nation without godly leaders? Amen. And so we formed in 2020. Since that time, we've now grown to have members and supporters in all 50 states. And it just, I'm still rejoicing, Bishop, that we had a wonderful African-American state legislator in Rhode Island, who is a Democrat, who signed up to become a member the other day of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, because even he sees things have gone mm -hmm. too far. And lest you, lest you say, what do you mean a Democrat? Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost is greater than any party. Praise God. And the Holy Ghost <laughs> is moving in people's hearts. And we have seen what the parties have done for us. Yes. And people are saying, look, where is this answer? Well, the answer is right there where the founding fathers had the answer. That we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights of which are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And they called him the creator. They called him divine providence. They called him the divine, mm -hmm. excuse me, the supreme judge of the world and nature's God. It was God. Yes. And so people have this void. And I think that in this turmoil we see in the nation, they're reaching out. So we formed it and we now have members in all 50 states. And we now do have state chairs by God's grace in 35 active states. God. It's a state senator or a state representative. And as you know, we just hosted our sixth national conference, which was our annual meeting and awards gala in Washington, D.C. in mm -hmm. December. We hosted speaker Mike Johnson, which, by the way, is really unbelievable that he was available for us. And he, yes. we gave him an award to honor him. Now, he got beat up, and he still get he was getting beat up before he came to see us. He got beat up while he came to see us. And you know what? I want you to be praying for speaker Mike Johnson because he is the only speaker in my lifetime that has been so bold about his witness. And yes, I do believe that God has put him in the place that he is, and I do believe God is using him. And so really the heart of the entity, uh, Bishop, is we come together like many other paralegislative organizations like ALEC or NCSL or CSG. Those are all secular. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we come together, we debate and discuss the issues that are facing the country, we take testimony about those issues, and then the NACL produces what you know as model laws, model, model statutes, Amen. resolutions, etc. The very first one was the heartbeat bill, which was a, an issue that I was very, very involved in. I passed the first one in Arkansas years ago, and we've passed legislation dealing with trying to get these nasty pornographic books out of libraries. We've tried to make sure that men aren't running in and using the bathroom with our little girls <laughs> in, the, in these places. Mm -hmm. We have legislation that's dealt with human trafficking. 
We've even got legislation deal with gold and transactional silver, which over 20 states are filing legislation now related to this. This is a great idea from our friend Kevin Freeman that wrote the book Pirate Money to talk about how we can have money that we can depend on if we find ourselves in financial trouble like the $32 trillion in debt that we are in this nation. And so I know I'm throwing it out quickly to say that this organization is literally working together on an ongoing basis. But one of the fundamental reasons and why I want you and everyone listening to be involved is that we wanted that legislator that takes a bold stand like Daniel mm -hmm. did when he said, no, I'm going to pray. And they threw him in the lion's den. And just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in Daniel chapter three, that said, look, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not bowing down to your 90 foot tall false God. And you know, we've <laughs> got state senators out there says, you know what? I'm not bowing down to the LGBTQ agenda, that false God. I'm not mm -hmm. bowing down to the, to the slaughter of unborn babies. I'm not bowing down to the transgender thing. Those same kind of people are alive today, Bishop. And we said, Amen. we want them to know they are not alone. Case in point, Representative Rishke, Oregon, state chair. I talked to you about him the other day. Yes. Representative yes. he was on my program, Save the Nation, that comes on Andrew Womack's Gospel Truth TV, okay? He was on my program. I asked him a simple question. I said, why do you think it is important for Christians to be involved in public service? That's a paraphrase, almost maybe verbatim what I asked him. And he articulated what you and I believe and why we think it's important. We've seen the decline. We've seen the social de the, the decline, the moral decline in the country. And he's just articulating a winsome, I believe Christians should be involved because we know the truth. We uphold truth. And he made a statement and, and said, look, you know, look, Ilhan Omar and Rashid Tlaib, they make you think they don't love the country, Bishop. I yep. mean, they, they support Hamas terrorists that kill Jewish babies and women, let alone mm -hmm. the men that they killed October the 7th. They, they, they even say they want to take out American citizens. So that's okay for the left to have those people saying those kinds of things, right. okay? But yet... I think that it's perfectly okay for you to point out and say, wait a minute, Ilhan Omar was, was bragging on Somalia that that's her home. Yep. She's yep. serving in Congress. I got a problem with somebody that's wanting to do more for Somalia and a Muslim country or Hamas than they do their own people. But Representative Reschke made a simple statement. And do you know, they turned that into a national story. They right wing watch who's watching you right now, probably. They're probably going to get mm -hmm. both of us on this. Oh, both of it. us, sure. Yeah. And so, Bishop, they clipped it out. But it's, the, it's the same standard operating procedure. Clip out a piece, twist it, and try to make people hate them. Freedom from Religion Foundation has gone after Representative Reschke. And here's what I found out yesterday, Bishop. Representative Reschke now has a formal complaint in the Oregon House of Representatives coming against him in the, in the Oregon Legislative Equity Office. You know, that's loaded, Bishop. They're coming after him formally as, as if he has charges against him because of comments under free speech and freedom of religion that yeah. he made on my program. By the way, 
I've been praying with them. We've been counseling wow. with them. They received the first death threat they've ever had in their life because of what they have been doing them. They want to run him and every person like of him out of Oregon. And so here's what I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is Mike Huckabee said it best when we first formed. He said, Jason, we want people to know they're not alone. And so what happens now is we've created that National Association of Christian Lawmakers. There are thousands of people praying for Representative Reschke and his wife. And right now, I need all of you to know you need to be praying for that man. They're coming after him as if he is under an indictment. And it's, and, and it's sad, Bishop, and I know you're just hearing this for the first time because I just found out about it. But you had even, we talked, I, I wanted you to connect, right. but I guarantee you he's about ready to start speaking more because he has found, oh my goodness, I just said what I believed and they're trying to now come and turn that into an actual charge to try to basically probably run him out of the Oregon House of Representatives. And I'm telling you this, that my God is greater than any loud voices coming out of the darkness my God is Amen. greater than the devil himself. He's greater than any horde of, of the devil's army that comes up out of the abyss. And I'm telling you that in this nation, they're going after people like Representative Reschke. They're going, yeah. they went after Bishop. They've, they've tried to cancel Bishop. And they're going after you? Yeah. Right. And me and, and, and anybody else who speaks up. I just shared the scripture. I don't know whether you were on watching when I did Romans 118 says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to suppress they the truth. They're trying to silence you, silence me, silence Andrew, silence anybody who is not going along with this godless cultural and spiritual degeneration they're trying to lead us on. Well, look, we've got Amen. some callers who are coming in. The number is 719 619 2341, that's 719-619-2341, because Jason, you and I could talk on and on. Let's try to get some others involved in the conversation. They may be meeting you for the first time, me as well. Uh, so <clears throat> let's take that first caller. That is Marsha from Washington. Marsha, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you so much. It, this has been very interesting today. Um, I'm just coming on, but to hear that you have uh, a group um, that is um, talking about uh, bringing God's people um, into, uh, you know, to execute righteousness and justice Amen. in government. Uh, that is awesome. It's what God spoke to me, and I'm just so excited. I would love to hear more and more. I'm just so <laughs> I I I forgot about my my call because what you were just saying was so is what I have been facing. You know, when you were saying how they're coming against you in yep. government, um, you have my question. I forgot about my question because you've been so <laughs> powerful. Okay. You. You guys discussed, you know, the conditions of our nation and and what the Word of God says about it, and and I am Amen. just I'm excited to get on board and rally behind you and and see how I can be an asset 
to what you are doing in this hour, because I truly believe that is what God has ordained, you know, for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. Well, Marsha, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for the encouragement. Jason, there are millions of Marshas out there who need the encouragement. You said you want these legislators to know that they're not alone. But what you're doing is not only an encouragement to legislators, it's an encouragement to every American. In fact, let me just say this, and then please respond to to Marsha and all the other people listening and watching who are thinking the same thing. When you first told me what you started, it was like a light bulb. I mean, like a like a light bulb went on, and I thought, well, of course. I mean, why has yeah. that happened already? And I just knew the moment you said it, man, this is God. So yeah. encourage the people out there who may feel like, well, you know, we're losing, and and the left is on the move, and they're stealing elections, and this, that, and the other. Just give a word of encouragement based upon what God is showing you as you continue to build the uh, NACL. Well, the first thought is, Bishop, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. We're in a moment where God can do wonderful, miraculous things, and they'll know it's God. We're in a moment, if you will, much like was written about when Moses went in to see Pharaoh. And we all know about the miraculous things that God did as he led his people out of Egypt and even part of the Red Sea. And so as Marsh is talking about, first of all, uh, it's very interesting. The acronym of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers is NACL. That's the scientific symbol of salt. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Salt and light. And we need people yes. to speak out. And, 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 I, and this is a great place for this scripture, Bishop, that I was meditating on as we began, as I was waiting to come on with you. And that is this from Joshua. 24, 15. You already know it. I'm going to read this quickly, mm-hmm. uh, Bishop. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods and the deeds and the sins which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your forefathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites and the leftists and the Marxists (laughs) and the atheists (laughs) and all of those that are leading you away from God in whose land you dwell. But here's the thing, Marcia and everyone like you, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I told the the men this morning, you are living in a moment where you're either going to see the country be saved or not. If you want a future for your children, let's just not even say your children, for you. If you want a future for you and your children and your grandchildren, right now is the moment you've got to stand in the gap because we are in debt more than we've ever been in the history of the country. We have perversion running amok in our nation. You've got people that are lying to you when they tell you they don't know the difference between a little girl and a little boy. They're lying to you. When they're telling you that a little baby in a mother's womb is not a human being, they're lying Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And we need all of you beautiful men and women out there 
that know what we're saying is true. You can feel it beating in your heart, even when you hear Bishop speak or Brother Andrew speak, and that is a re it's resonating within you that you need to be salt and light and to stand, and you are not alone. Now, let me tell you something. They're beautiful ministries. Get involved with them. But we would love to have you be a part of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, christianlawmakers.com. Come June 6, 7, and 8, 2024, coming up. Come to Liberty University for our policy conference. Bishop may very well get to be with us for this one. He's been to some of them. I'm, I'm planning he, to be there. I'm planning to be no, there. I love it. We're going to have you be a part of that. But you will not only get to hear motivational and beautiful speakers, but you can hear that other places. But what you're going to get to see is anointed men and women of God sitting around the tables debating some of the most important issues. The men and women that have filed the most pro-life legislation in America are part of the organization. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have Students for Life will come sit with us and Liberty Council and ADF and, and uh, wall builders when, when Tim Barton's available to be with us, he'll come and be with us, et cetera, et cetera. So you get a chance to network with people, make those long-term relationships, and then find a way to begin to plug in. And I'm telling you that now is the time to choose if you're going to serve the Lord in this country. I'm telling you, Bishop, what they're doing to, to uh, Representative Reschke in this, they're picking them off one yeah. by one. And, and what look, we're it's saying... Jason, it's no a law. violation of, of his First Amendment rights. Now, we, we're going to have to take a break in about four minutes, but I want to give you a chance to speak to this, too. Just recently in Oregon, two parents had their child taken away because the law said, uh, no, Montana, sorry, Montana had their child taken away because the law said, if you don't allow your child to get hormones, to have, be operated on and all of this, uh, because they need to change their gender. You are a bad parent, and we're going to take your child away from you, which they did, and took the child to another state where they could do all this stuff to mutilate the 14-year-old kid. There are legislative remedies for this, and I know that and, and NACL is dealing with these kinds of issues and trying to provide relief for people, correct? Yes, we have dealt with that. Number one, uh, we, we're wonderful. They were wonderfully positioned that we can direct you to law firms that can assist you. Uh, that's number one. And we do that. I did that last night. I was up late last night connecting people with, with one of the religious liberty law firms. We want to do that. Let me tell you something, Bishop. The word of God says, Jesus said, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, mm. it would be better that you had a millstone wrapped around your neck and throw you in the ocean. Now, Amen. Jason didn't say that. That's but right. When that's we, right. You just take that. And I want you to put that out for us, to, if you would. Because that's what Jesus, Jesus said. That. <laughs> Jesus said that. And I'm telling you, Bishop, there are men. And I'm telling you what, men, listen to me very closely. I feel the anointing of God. I'm sitting at the oh Holy Ghost God. Ministries office right now, Bishop. And Thank I'm you, telling Jesus. you, the Holy Ghost is in this statement. Men, God is telling you he wants you to be men. Mm. He wants you to protect your wives. He wants you to protect your daughters. He wants you to protect the children of this country. Don't you let any more of these people do the things they're doing to snuff the life and the hope out of these kids. 
And I'm telling you, they must stand up to it. You see, everything you let go, it begins to reshape the thinking of those around us. And what is it they say? What one generation tolerates, the next generation embraces. Yeah. One of the things, I know you're getting short on time, Bishop. Uh, they come at us and they say, well, you're the extreme right. I said, no, we're right in the center of God's <laughs> word. We exactly. haven't moved. We haven't moved. Exactly. You see, it's not normal what they're doing to your kids and your grandbabies. Mm -hmm. It's not normal that men are going out and having their, their human genitalia removed and doing these things in our country. That's what's and, not and normal. And children doing it to kids. I mean. <laughs> it, it's abuse. It's, it's abuse. It is. It is. It's absolutely abuse. So, Bishop, I know that we're getting short. People can come out to ChristianLawmakers.com, and, you know, we're going to have our meeting in June. But just a couple weeks, Bishop, if you're free, come to Arkansas Bluegrass Boots and Blue Jeans. We're going to have great gospel, <laughs> bluegrass gospel music, and we're going to talk about encouraging people to embrace the things of God as we have a good time. And I, I love you, and I appreciate you having me on, and thank you to our friends, Andrew Womack, and all they do at Truth and Liberty. Well, Jason, it is always a pleasure and an honor. The work that you're doing is yeoman's service. And I just thank you, brother, for staying at it. I know God has great things in store for you and for NACL. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned men. Uh, let me just say, folks, uh, and for you, Jason, you may not know this, but my son ran away from God for a good portion of his life. And during COVID, he got sick. And through that, came to grips with his need for the Lord, got mightily saved, and he and his wife started a, a, a business called Seven Armors. They've got, actually got two businesses. But out of that business grew something called Mission Ready Men. God has laid on his heart to begin to speak to men like him who are real men, but just don't feel like, well, God's not that. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. And now to be able to say to them, no, brother, you're not fine. <laughs> you're not fine without God. So, Jason, you're one of those mission-ready men, brother. God bless Thank you. I look forward to seeing you soon in some of your upcoming events. Keep up the good work, and the Lord be with you. Thank you, brother. God bless you. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. 
That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Wow. I, I hope that that was a, a blessing to you and an encouragement to you. It certainly was to me. It is every time I talk to Jason and see what God is doing with N NACL. So be sure to check out their website, National uh, Christian Lawmakers Association dot com. Christian Lawmakers Association dot com. Uh, look, we're taking calls. The number is 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. It's interesting that Jason launched into men's ministry because I'm going to have my son on uh, at some point in the not too distant future when I have an opportunity to guest host. Uh, and have him on as a guest to talk about men's ministry because Jason is absolutely right. You know, isn't it interesting that the book of Malachi tells us that in the last days, God is going to send Elijah and Elijah is going to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest he come and smite the earth with a curse. And by the way, that's the last book. That's the closing book of the old covenant. And the last thing that God says, in fact, I'll quote it to you. It's, it's Malachi chapter four, verses four, verses five and six. It says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Wow. It doesn't get any more explicit than that. Does anybody doubt that we are living in these days when the spirit of Elijah has to be on pastors to call men to their rightful place? I want to say to you, men, there is an anointing of authority on you. There is an anointing that God has placed on you to do a work for him. And you've got to step up to that role. Now, the men watching me are probably already doing that. But as husbands, as fathers, as leaders, men, you've got to step into your proper place. I don't believe that our culture, our country will survive without men, particularly Christian men, stepping up and doing what God has called us to do. As a matter of fact, I don't know how many of you are familiar with this particular passage of scripture, but it is one of my favorites because it says something about how God thinks about culture and society and where we are and how God moves in a culture and moves in a society. And it's, it's, a, it's a text in uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, I believe. And it says, um, oh, it's talking about God calling men. What, what is that text? Uh, you know what? I will find it. The number is 719 619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. And so, Frank from Missouri, let's take a call from you. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Yes, I really appreciate hearing you, Bishop, in the way that you handle the scripture and this program. This first time I've had the privilege of uh, talking to you, but I've well, heard you many you, times. And, and, uh, 
and uh, you, uh, you you guys just don't know how much of a blessing you re- really are. I mean, anyways, Praise God. Uh, the, Praise the, God. yeah, yeah. So you know, I had a question around the uh, the. The state of Missouri, uh, 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 the, the rotunda in, in Jefferson City has two scripture verses that are hmm. etched in the marble. And, you know, and I would say that, you know, 35 percent of the uh, the country and has uh, uh, this uh, these I'm, I'm getting a call. I'm going to have I'm not going to answer this call, but I have to let this thing go through my, my telephone. So uh, and it's distracting me from uh, saying what I'm, I'm I'm about to say, and That's it'll okay. be over in about uh, about five seconds here. There it is. Okay. So it says uh, the, the righteousness exalts a nation, and sin is a reproach to a, a people. It's in the rotunda. You go in the middle of the uh, the, the the Capitol building there, yeah. And eighteen inches into the marble, it says, uh, "Without a vision, the people perish." And uh, I would just like to know, you know, what kind of a, a, a new vision we 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 got to have us a new vision of uh, of Jesus number one and then uh number two we have to have a vision of uh, of him running running this country i don't think it's wrong to uh, to make a declaration to say that jesus is lord over america uh but the proof is in the pudding for uh, as you say about the about men and and standing up and taking a a a stand so i just want to know you know what you know from what this brother i wanted to ask him uh, uh you know what this thing that just happened in oregon what you know what kind of a a vision <clears throat> are you having <clears throat> to to yeah to, to turn right. things around i'm getting that phone call again frank to- frank thank you thank you so much for the call frank we appreciate it and thank you for your encouraging words keep watching frank keep watching well look first of all um that text that you just quoted in the book of Proverbs, uh, has been translated where there is no divine revelation. So that word vision really means where there is no vision that's based upon the word of God. That's what it's really getting at. So you say we, we need a new vision. What we really need is a renewed vision. That's what we really need, a renewed vision. Because what we need to do is come back to God's word as the standard. But sadly, what's happened, Frank, is we've got people who have just wholesale rejected God's word. You know, it goes back to Romans 1, says, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened, darkened, thinking themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that's what we've got. We've got people in our government. We've got people in the corporate world. We've got people in the entertainment world. We've got people in the media world. And frankly, and I don't mean this in an sort of ad hominem insulting way, but they're a bunch of fools. I mean this in a spiritual way. They are a bunch of fools, but they think they're so wise. They think they're so smart, and which is one of the reasons why uh, Jason would say this, Andrew would say this, because he said it many times. We have got to be uncompromising in what the Word of God teaches We don't hate homosexuals. We don't hate uh, people who are gender confused. We don't even hate people who are engaged in the practice of killing unborn babies. We don't hate them. We love them. They are so horribly wrong 
but they they and they just don't realize that, that not only the harm they're doing, but they don't realize the danger that they themselves are in, uh, in the loss of their souls, spending eternity in hell. We love them. We pray for them. We want the best for them. But we cannot abide what they're doing, and we've got to speak up against it no matter what it costs. And that, that's, that's really the key. That's really the key. The number again, 719-619-2341. Let's take James from Colorado. James, welcome. Well, thank you so much for taking my call, and we sure are appreciating you uh, being on the program. Uh, my question has to do with, uh, with the laws, uh, and we know that the executive branch, the president, is uh, responsible for enforcing laws and the judiciary for interpreting laws. And Congress is for making laws. But I'm wondering, how exactly is a law made? And how can a normal human being, person, uh, influence the creation of a good Christian law? Wow. Okay. Um, as somebody who has run for office, as somebody who has practiced law, let me take a crack at that, James. Uh, it's really simpler than you might think. Now, the, the legislative process and the politics and the negotiation and all of that can get pretty complicated because there are human beings involved and there are lots of them. But in terms of you, James, and anybody else watching, okay, Bishop Jackson, how, how, how would I go about influencing a law? What you do is you figure out what you think would be good policy, and then you go to your legislator and you propose it. And you say, can you make this the law of the land? Now, you don't have to come up with legal language. You don't have to come up with all the nuances. They can do that. But if they say, well, you know what? You've got a point there. I mean, many of our laws have been passed that way where people went to their legislators or sometimes a group went to their legislators and said, hey, this is something we need to do. This is something that will be good for our country. And a legislator, based upon these being their constituencies uh, and, and, and the idea that they had says, you know what? You're right. Let me hand this over to my staff. Let us work on this. And then you start working with that coalition of people. And before you know it, you've crafted a law. And that legislator is introducing that law. And by the way, this is at the local level. You can do this through the city council. Ordinances are really legislation that are passed on the city level. You can do this at the county level. Um, ordinances or, or regulations at the county level are in effect, in effect legislative actions. You can certainly do it at the state level. Most of you can have access to your state legislator. Uh, some of them are called delegates in some states. They're called representatives in others, but, but it's the same deal. State senators, state delegates or representatives, you go to them and say, hey, I've got an idea. For example, I think every state in the country ought to pass a law that says it is a crime to inject an, uh, a, a, uh, a minor child with hormones intended to alter that child's gender, it is a crime to operate on that child and make permanent physical changes to that child that may be regretted when that child becomes an adult, that that is a crime. It is a crime to introduce children, minor children in general, prepubescent children, primary school children, to sexual materials, period. That's a crime. It should be, it should be against the law. And you ought to lock somebody up who does it. And most states don't have such laws on the books. We have laws against pedophilia, but we make an exception when some 
uh, uh, brainwashed so-called teacher wants to hand pornographic literature to a kindergartner and say, well, this is going to be good for them. No, you ought, we ought to lock you up for that. We ought to charge you with a crime and put you in jail for it. That'll put a stop to a lot of this stuff. So, but you can get that started by going to your own legislator and say, let's have some legislation that does this. Now, of course, if you're living in a, a blue state where you got a bunch of liberal, loony left legislators, it's going to be very difficult to get that done. But with God, all things are possible. Get the debate started. Get the process started. And you know what? If they start calling you a bigot and a hater, you know what that, you ought to, you ought to just check and say, praise God, I'm doing God's will. <laughs> Jesus, said, Jesus said, if they hate me, if they hate you, remember, they hated me first. So just check the mark and then praise God. Because he said, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. All right. The number is 719-619-2341. And we've got Randall also from Colorado. Randall, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call, Pastor or uh, Bishop Jackson. I'm sorry. I, I'm That's okay. Government student. EW, I'm Pastor Bishop, student. it's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was just wondering if you had heard uh, the controversial uh, statement by John Maxwell to a uh, thousand Assemblies of God pastors that uh, pastors shouldn't be involved in politics. Well, I, I haven't heard that. I don't know that John Maxwell said that. If John Maxwell said that, and I will say only if he said it, and I'm not doubting you, but of course, you know, things get reported oftentimes that are false. He's wrong. He's just flat out wrong. But thank you for the question, Randall. Let me expound on that a little bit. Folks, this is one of the most pernicious myths that is perpetrated against the Christian community to silence us and to keep us out of the fray. By the way, um, I've followed, I don't, I'm not a devotee of John Maxwell's ministry, but I've been to John Maxwell's meetings and, and so forth. And I think that John Maxwell's ministry is, is, can be very, very helpful and very, very good. I would not call John Maxwell a Bible teacher. Now, maybe somebody would correct. I, I've been to many of his meetings. I would not call him a Bible teacher. So his, his ministry is not based upon teaching the word of God and kind of strict adherence to that. So if this is true, that might be one of the, the, the explanations for why that is. He's thinking along other lines rather than what the Bible requires. Moses was involved in politics. Elijah was involved in politics. Nathan was involved in politics. David was involved in politics. Uh, Elisha was involved in politics. John the Baptist was involved in politics. Jesus interacted with the political community because that's what the scribes and Pharisees of his, days, of his day were. They were not only spiritual leaders, they were political leaders. They were working in concert with Caesar and with Herod and with, uh, with Pontius Pilate. They were politicians just as much as they were leaders of the synagogue and of the temple. So Jesus dealt with them, and he took no stuff off of them. I mean, he laid it out, called them 
whited sepulchers, whitewashed coffins, brood of vipers. How can any of you escape damnation? He let them know in no uncertain terms. He said, because you say you see, your sin remains. If you were blind, then I could help you see. Call them blind guides who lead others into the same ditch that they fall into. I mean, Jesus didn't play games with these people. And so we as Christians can't play games. We've got to be unapologetic and forthright and forceful about what the word of God actually teaches. So anybody who says that, here again, I'm not attacking John Maxwell. Uh, I don't know him personally, but I have been to some of his meetings. It's been a long time since I've been to any of his meetings, by the way. But anybody who says that Christians and pastors should not be involved in the political process is wrong. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I didn't hear him say, except, except when it comes to this arena over here, don't get involved in that. To be the salt of the earth and the light of the world leaves absolutely no exceptions. Christians need to be involved in medicine. Christians need to be involved in science. Christians need to be involved in media. Christians need to be involved in journalism. Christians need to be involved in entertainment. Christians need to be involved in academia. Christians need to be involved in politics. Christians need to be involved in every dimension of life, period. Because any dimension of life that doesn't have salt and light in it is going to go rotten. Because that's what salt does. It preserves. And that's what light does. It, it provides life and, and, and invigoration. So anybody who says that, no matter who it is, again, not picking on him, but anybody who says that is just wrong, period. They're just wrong. They need to go back and take another look at Scripture. And, I, and by the way, just as a personal matter, God has called me into the political realm. Call me into it. If I weren't involved in trying to impact the political realm for the purpose of trying to impact our, cult our culture and our country spiritually, I would be disobedient and in rebellion against God because he's called me to do this. Based on the revelation, if you were watching when the program first started, the revelation I gave you when the program first started, which is God told me, America, the United States of America is my gift to my people and you are stewards of it. Wow. Well, how are you going to be a steward of it if you say, well, I'm not voting. I'm not getting involved in politics. I'm not running for office. No, God doesn't want you involved in that. How in the world are you going to be a steward of the country when politicians are going to lead the, the country to hell in a handbasket and you're going to sit back on the sidelines and say as a Christian, well, that's not, I can't, I shouldn't get involved in that. I mean, that's abdication of responsibility. I mean, that, that to me would be like, going to the doctor's office with a loved one. And when the doctor says something that you profoundly disagree with, like, well, here you are a Christian. Doctor says, well, you, you have a disease. It's not, not looking very good. Probably going to kill you, blah, 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 blah. And you say, well, that's, that's medical science. I, I'm not getting involved in that. No, you know what you ought to say? Well, doctor, that's not God's report. And I'm not accepting that. Folks, for some of you who are not aware of this, uh, 12 years ago now, uh, I had a what's called a desmoid tumor that rose up on my chest, started like a, little, like a little marble, and I didn't pay any attention to it. 
Um, and then when I finally, the, I, I went to the doctor and they diagnosed it, said, well, I said, you know, that's what it is. And I said, well, what do you do? They said, well, we'll just take it out. He said, we'll just take enough away from it. It's not, it's not, it's, it's a, it's, it, it can be an aggressive tumor, but it's not malignant in the sense that it does not enter the bloodstream and spread around the body. It's localized, but they can become so big that they can become life-threatening even though they're local because they can start basically to, to just impact your body because of the size of the thing. And so, but this was just a little marble thing. And so I said, okay, well, praise God, take it out. Well, they took it out and it came back, but it came back with a vengeance. It got to be the size of a half grapefruit on my chest. I had to wear oversized shirts to hide it. I finally went to the doctor after all kinds of efforts, chemo, this, that, and the other, um, radiation, you name it. Finally went to the doctor, the thing kept growing. Doctor said, uh, well, you know, we gotta take it off and we gotta, we gotta take your ribs out and we gotta take skin grafts <laughs> off you. And I'm listening to this and saying, well, how long is this operation supposed to end? 12 hours. Now folks, I'm a man of faith. I believe in the healing power of God, but i tell you what I was doing. I was making the mistake that a lot of Christians make. We are so spoiled by medical science. We've got so much in resources in our country that we just don't, we, you know, we can, we can handle most stuff. We don't have to take our faith and apply. That's why I love Andrew's teaching on divine health, because I've begun to believe God now for divine health. I, I knew this before, but Andrew's teaching really kind of solidified it for me. And uh, I'm believing God for divine health now. And, and that, at that time, if, if a situation was serious, of course, I'm, I'm going to pray and believe God. But I didn't really take it that seriously. And now I said to the doctor, well, wait a minute. If I don't have the operation, what's going to happen? He says, it's going to kill you. And I'll tell you what, folks, that's when the spirit of God rose up in me and said, in effect, are you ready to get serious about this now? Whew. Whoa. Whoa. I said to the doctor, I said, well, what if, what if uh, 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 I don't have the operation? I said, have you ever seen it just go away? And the doctor said, no, no. And, and this was the spirit of God speaking to me. I told the doctor, I said, well, you watch. I came home that day, laid hands on that thing, and began to command it in the name of Jesus to leave my body. And folks, Every single day, I spoke to that thing, morning, noon, night. Every time I thought, I said, you, you leave my body. I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, it's, you're going to either take it or it's going to take me because I'm not having that operation because I came into this world with these ribs and I'm leaving here with them. So I'm believing you. This thing is gone. I went back to the doctor a few months later and the thing had disappeared. Never seen it before, but it's disappeared. Never seen that happen before. Now, what had happened to me? And it wasn't luck, and it wasn't coincidence. Now, what if I'd have said, well, now, I, 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 I'm not, not going to contradict the doctor. I'm not going to get involved. That's medical science. I'm not getting involved in that. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to inject Christianity into that. <laughs> you better, better, you better inject Christianity. You better inject the word of God. And when I went back and told the doctor, I said, well, you, as you can see, it's gone. I got one of those funny looks, you know. I, physical exam, well, I, I don't see anything. I said, because it's gone. I said, the Lord healed me. <laughs> the doctor said, well, we, we better do an MRI just to double check. I said, you can do whatever you want to do. I said, it's gone. I knew it. God had healed me of that thing completely and totally. What doctors have never seen happen, happened to me. 
And so after the MRI was taken, they came back and said, you know, what's, what's so interesting is it, there's a little scar under the skin. It looks like somebody went in there and removed it. Somebody did. Jesus did. And look, and left the trail so that even a doctor would look at it and say, I guess this man's faith must mean something. Now, look, I said all that to simply say, so when politics comes along and political issues come along, you say, well, now, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. I'm not, I'm not weighing in on that. I'm not getting involved in that. That's inside. Why, why does politics get the exemption? Well, then why don't you exempt everything? Well, of course, we're not going to do that because we know that God, Jesus, is Lord over every dimension of your life and mine. And, and all we've got to do is submit things to him, submit it to him. Lord, I don't want to be involved in politics for fame, fortune, notoriety, name recognition. I don't care. I could care less about any of that. I'm, I'm involved because I know that America needs godly leadership to call us to a righteous standard and to call us to the truth that God is the ultimate arbiter of right and wrong, good and evil, and we are all accountable to him. And the only way to avoid ultimate judgment by Almighty God against us is through Jesus Christ. Now, if I don't say that, who's going to say it? And if somebody in the political arena doesn't say it, how are they going to hear it? Because you better believe most people in politics aren't hearing it. They're certainly not hearing it. Most people are not hearing it on the Democrat side. And I guarantee you, a whole lot less than you might think are hearing it on the Republican side. This is not about party. It's about principle. This is not about politics, ultimately. It's about principle. And so, yeah, you got me started on that one. You got me started on that one, but because that, that, here again, I'm not jumping on the particular person who was referenced by the caller, but I'm saying anybody who says Christians shouldn't be involved in politics is just flat out wrong. They're being unbiblical. I would say just the opposite. Christians must be involved, must be involved in politics. And you know, it's interesting. When God tells us that um, we're supposed to pray for those who are in authority, when that scripture was first read, when Paul first wrote this, those words, under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Um, do you realize there wasn't a person who read that who had actually chosen the people in authority over them? Because there was no such thing as a constitutional republic. There was no such thing truly as a democracy. I mean, Greeks, Greece tried to have something of a democracy, but it wasn't a true democracy because the, the, the nation was run by elites, people who inherited their status and therefore became the ultimate arbiters of the nation's future. But there was no such thing as uh, a, 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 a kid like me, born in a uh, broken home, raised in foster care, a juvenile delinquent who ultimately, I ran for Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, won the Republican nomination, didn't win the office, unfortunately, but. God had a different plan for me. But, but there was no such thing like that. America is a unique construct. So since we are admonished in Scripture to pray for those in authority, 
Don't you think God expects us where we have the ability to choose those who will be in authority over us to be fully engaged and involved? That means not only voting, that's the minimum. My goodness gracious, by all means vote. But that means supporting the candidates who represent your values. That means helping with their campaigns, with finances and, 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 and boots on the ground, knocking on doors, uh, making phone calls, uh, anything you can do to help. Anything you can do to help. We got to be fully engaged in the process. And as we uh, learned, I just had uh, a, a couple of folks I'm very close to tell me that they are, that in fact, they just ran for um, town council in their small hometowns. I said, praise God. They're getting involved. They're getting engaged. I said, thank you, Jesus. Keep it up. Keep doing it. Because this is not going to be just resolved at the presidential level, although that office is, of course, very, very, very important. But it's going to happen at the local level, the school board level, the city council level, the county uh, uh, board of supervisors or commissioners level, uh, the town hall level, the town council level. So just get engaged, get involved. This is a great... I really appreciate that question because it's a great place to end. There's no liberty without truth. And if the people who know the truth aren't involved in the process of protecting and defending liberty, liberty will not be preserved. God's not going to do it on his own if we, his people, abdicate. So, my friends, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to do uh, hosting for Truth and Liberty. I'm looking forward to being with you again uh, very soon. Thank you all for your prayers and your support for Truth and Liberty. Uh, keep, keep Andrew in your prayers. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.